This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Company, Romeo Muthan, Kelly McDonald, your host on the program as we work our way through a Tuesday edition of the show. So we have a, our Voices segment once a month, and our next guest, um, we, we get on the show every couple of weeks. He brings us a wonderful report from Edmonton, talks about things in uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to now tell you folks about the, the segment. Okay, and then I'm going to tell you who the person is today and their title. Um, on our Voices segment, we like to hear about your passions, drives, and, and you know anything that you are kind of really into and things you find important. We are visiting today with Jim Crisco, our content development specialist for AMI in the central reason, region. Now, I'm confused because, James, I always say out west... And I never get a smack on the hand for being incorrect. Have you always had the title of Central Region? I have. I have. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I get Sylvie is Pacific. I get Delahanty is Atlantic. And I get the McGee is Content Development Specialist. <laughs> but, but I would have thought Karen to have that. And in my head, Karen was Central. And you were uh, West, and, and okay, I did get Atlantic and Pacific makes sense to me because of where they are, of course, you know, uh, Vancouver and uh, Halifax, respectively. Uh, so I do apologize for all the time that I've <clears throat> claimed that you were set West and I made up a, a, <laughs> I made up a position for you. You know what's funny uh, is that is, that actually became a co- topic of conversation when they were dividing up the regions because I thought that I should be called the prairies, the prairie region, and uh, and John Melville, our our, our VP, said no, it's it, you're central, it's it's central, you know, Canada geographically, um, and but it's been a topic of of the debate ever since, and I I was I would have gone with prairies myself. Well, that's hilarious because I just re- read it. Like, I don't know when I knew you were central, but I just read it and I was like, okay, he's central. Nobody I ever thought questioned it. Melville was moving <laughs> position names again around. I thought John was bored with your titles again and moving things around, right? So, that's so, so who's Karen McGee? Do we know? Because it doesn't say in the signature, there's nothing to memorize. Oh, I say she, because she's uh, Ontario. Karen's Eastern, I believe, isn't she? Well, no, because she yeah, covers Ryan's Ontario. Atlantic. And she covers Ontario and Quebec. But she, she, yeah, she uh, covers Ontario and, and English-speaking Quebec. Yes. And I believe that that is Eastern, isn't it? I guess so. <laughs> I'll take your word. But then again, I thought you were West, not Central. So shows Here's you what I Here's a controversial version of what we could say it is. Okay? Man, I feel geography from... challenged like Rumya. Yeah, and I am already geography channel. I know. So I just took your word. I heard you when you had to do the weather forecast and stuff. (laughs) So Matt says uh, Ryan is east, Karen is default. (laughs) Set everybody (laughs) off. Jim is west, and Sylvie's wester. (laughs) Yeah, Karen. Maybe we'll put her as the floater, right? If something goes on, or Jim says, "I need some help out here." Well, oh, Karen, you're here. Great. 
Um, so, Jim, let's start with the fact that you're a huge fan, since we started off try- trying to think ourselves funny. You're a huge fan of SCTV and one time worked at the TV studio in Edmonton where the show was produced. Wow. Can we talk a little bit about, first of all, your experience, but also when you think about something like that, where the show was done, the clout that that show had here in Canada and in the U.S., uh, how important was that show to Edmonton and sketch comedy shows? You know what? It to me, it was it, well. I and I believe that that people who are in the the sketch comedy business, and I'm talking, you know, the Saturday Night Lives and and those type of programs, they they understood the the clout and the the impact of SCTV. SCTV was in, insanely funny. Had a great cast that all went on to 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 more work to bigger and better things. And, um, and and there's no doubt about it that they had a huge influence in sketch comedy, like from uh, Saturday Night Live to Mad TV. Um, a lot of places looked at them as kind of the, you know, the way you do it, the way it's done. Mm. And it was a huge positive impact on Edmonton. We still talk about it. And we have in our downtown core, uh, not far actually from where, if you remember when, when, uh, when you guys were in town and I took you to the Elton John sign down right. in, Do we in, ever. In, outside, yeah. the, outside yeah. the arena. Yep. Outside the arena. There is now a statue there of Bob and Doug McKenzie sitting on a bench uh, that you can take your pictures with. Uh, oh. That, you know, is, is there as a tribute to the SCTV days here in Edmonton. Well, and a lot of people, of course, listening in have no idea who Bob and Doug McKenzie were. So I'll just say one name, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, they became these kind of cultural icons outside of Canada. Like yeah. they, were, they were known around the world. They defined so us. Really, really great. <laughs> absolutely. What was it like being at the station, though? What was the environment like in Edmonton at well, that time? Well, I, I, was, I worked at the station a few years after they produced right. um, uh, SETV there, but... I worked with a lot of the crew that worked on SCTV. So the guys were, were all from the station. They still work there. And just the stories and the, um, you know, the, the, the behind the scenes stories of, of the production that happened there and the amount of fun they had, uh, you know, the, the, uh, I didn't hear uh, a bad word about any of the cast from the crew that worked with them. They said that they were all really, down to earth, fun people that just wanted to do a good show, and um, and they worked really hard to do it. They put in super long hours while they were there, but they did some absolutely classic material. And if you, you know, if you're an SCTV fan and you're watching some of the episodes, because there were episodes filmed in Toronto, there were episodes filmed here, you can identify a lot of the uh, sort of the local geography of of Edmonton in in the shots that they had. And where things were were filmed, and uh, you know, it's it's just uh, it's just a great thing. And it, it was, you know, I, I unfortunately wasn't there during the production, but I I really felt kind of uh, close to it because of you know the knowing the people that worked on it, and uh, and they had photos up everywhere of the different characters and the different actors that were there, and uh, you know, stories with John Candy and and Harold Ramis mm-hmm. and all these others. Just fantastic. Yeah. 
Real unbelievable. Really cool. And what a thing to know. And I'm sure you saw the difference in the people you worked with, too, in Edmonton on their 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 skill set, the, the enjoyment of being their work and just everything that that put, that show would have pushed everyone to such a high level. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's you know, it was kind of lightning in a bottle for uh, for the Edmonton for Edmonton as a city, but for the production community, because it would be you know, not as likely to, to be able to pull something like that together now. Uh, but back then, uh, they they really hit it out of the park. And we'll get back to ta- talking more TV and production in a second, Jim, but we really get to know people here on Voices, right? And you were the past president of the Edmonton Community Patrol Society, which sounds fantastic. We don't yeah. even know what it is. So can you tell us, <laughs> because you spent 15 years there, so what is it and what did you do? Uh, yeah, the, the Edmonton Community Patrol Society. What it is is it's uh, it it started out very grassroots uh, as a uh, an organization of folks who wanted to to try to help prevent and you know mitigate mitigate uh, crime and disorder in neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. the best way to do that is to observe and uh, have people out in the community observing and you know reporting suspicious things to the police if there are any uh and being somewhat of a, a bit of a community liaison between the police and community members over crime and what's going on in neighborhoods and uh and so what what we found is it's a because there's other other good organizations like um neighborhood watch i'm not sure if you have them out east but it's a similar type of concept but it's where you just sort of observe from your house mm-hmm. Well, in this particular instance, we wanted to put people on the streets, right? right. Like walking, Be riding in their vehicles. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, we wear the, the reflective vests and we have signs on our vehicles. And what it is is just to let people know that the, the, the community cares and people are watching. And, you know, if, you, if you're deciding to do something you know, falls along the lines of crime and disorder. Maybe you should think twice because people are, you know, caring in the community and they're watching. It's interesting uh, you say that because we always say police presence, right? Yeah, and what we understand and realize uh, is that the police can't do everything. They can't be everywhere. They can't see everything. And we're... Our, our philosophy is is completely observe and report. There's no confrontation. There's no interaction. Um, and truthfully, there's very little that you usually have to report because, it, you know, maybe partially we're doing our job, but partially is, you know, we it, you can if you can keep the crime level down, it mitigates having to to really do anything. So, right for us, it's just uh, an act of it's a good way to be in the community and and be able to feel like you're. You're doing something positive versus mm-hmm. just being reactionary or, or not doing anything at all. Or leaving it to someone else. I remember doing Goblin Patrol when I was a ham radio operator, and we'd do this at, 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 on Devil's Night and on Halloween. And again, it was just that you weren't going to get involved if you happened to see anything, but people would you know pair up and get in car, you know cars and just go through neighborhoods. And we would use our radios if we saw anything weird. Absolutely. And, you know, we've done lots of things where, because uh, we, I have I have a couple of friends of mine and myself that we patrol at least once a week, and we'll see somebody who's left their garage door open, and we go and let them know, or you know, 
car window down or something to let them know you might want to close that so you don't get you're not a victim of of crime and people so appreciate it they they you know people do want to live in safe neighborhoods and um and it, you know if you can be part of the solution it's uh it, it's a great feeling Jim, your major in broadcasting, as Romy said, we're going to get back to a little bit of this kind of content here. Uh, your major in uh, broadcasting was video editing. You still enjoy it anytime you get the opportunity to do it. Why? Uh, you know what? The, the, I, I, I love editing. <laughs> I really do. Uh, and uh, when I started at AMI, uh, I, I, I was a videographer editor, so I used to shoot and edit. Mm-hmm. And the reason you shoot is so you have something to edit <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, the, but what, what I find about editing as the, in the process, in the production process, is it is, to me, the most interesting part, in my opinion, because it, it, you're putting the puzzle together. Like when you're, you, you know, you guys know this from production from the other end of, of you know, you, the, the stuff you guys do on air, uh, the stuff that, you know, when you, when you do television and you bring back footage, those are the pieces of the puzzle. The editor ultimately gets to watch the puzzle go together and be part of putting it together. And to me, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that because it's kind of like, you know, if you build a piece of furniture or if you build a, you know, do some, well, build a room in your house, you, 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 you nail all this stuff together, you put it all together, but at the end of the day, you can sit back and, and look at it and kind of enjoy what you've done and, and get, you know, see that finished process, finished product. So that's that's what I really wanted, and I think what people, um, you know, really should should understand about production too is the amount of impact the you know uh, process has in it. It really does finish the projects. That's what I really enjoy doing. Wow. Well, at least with furniture, you don't leave the leg off of the table you've put together like in editing when they are told, no, it's too long. Cut that out. But that's gold. Cut it out. But it's the sculpting, though. It's the sculpting of the story, of the piece, and of the message. So that's true in that aspect. It is. Um, it can be very difficult editing, but most of the time it's worth it, hopefully. Jim, uh, <laughs> well, one... <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that, Kelly, you're absolutely right. Sometimes as an editor, though, you've got to cut off your favorite part of the furniture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and folks, but that's yeah. when Jim would cry into his yeah. popcorn. Kill your darlings, Stephen <laughs> King says. I have to ask you before we go, I don't know how much time we have left, but really quickly, you love camping in the Rockies. Do you have something specific to say about that? Where and why that place? Yes, I, I have to say, uh, we're, we're, we're very lucky that we have so many beautiful, beautiful parts of the Rockies here, but we have Banff and Jasper in Alberta, which are our two main Rocky destinations. I prefer Jasper because it's a little less congested, a little bit, you know, fewer people. It doesn't get quite the tourism of Banff. So you get a, I, in my opinion, you get more of the mountain experience because you can do more hiking. The town feels a little smaller. It feels more like a town in the Swiss Alps. So, I'm a Jasper over Banff person, but other people would argue the opposite. And they, other people like Banff because of the really fast feel of it. Hmm. Jasper seems very underrated. Uh, and I think that is because for people who don't live in the area, we're always thinking Banff first. It's like a bucket list thing. 
Absolutely. And Banff is only, you know, an hour and a bit from Calgary, whereas Jasper's three and a half hours from Edmonton. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more convenient to go into Banff. I think people used to always push the fact that Banff used to always seem to be a place where you possibly might spot a celebrity too. Outside outside of Jim Crisco. Oh, yeah. He's the celebrity. Yeah, but then, uh, because of the festival in that there, right, Jim? When they yeah. do this, the film stuff and, you know, you'd get these celebrities that would want to go skiing and it was always, I'm going to Banff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, and even for, you know, fundraisers and stuff like that, I've, I've heard stories of, you know, when he was uh, when he was around Robin Williams going there and, and you know, major celebrities that would, would always go in just because it's such a beautiful place, too. So, yeah. You're absolutely right. Jim, thanks a lot for this. Appreciate having you on Voices. I'm looking forward to the break, I ho- however, because I'm waiting for Dan to give Rumya heck as if he's not doing his job giving us time cues. I don't know how much time is left. It. He was, he was doing certainly it. doing it. He certainly backed you up to make sure after you made the comment. Ah! <laughs> anyway, James, as usual, thank you, pal. Uh, Jim Crisco, our content development specialist, Central Region. We're still scratching our head, folks. He was our guest on Voices this month. Stay tuned for this feature on the third Tuesday of the month. Up next, let's wrap up the show and see what's going on tomorrow on Now with Dave Brown over on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.